0: TalkZone.com
1: busy sports monday no question about it what a great day to get back to work if indeed you are a sports fan it's opening day of baseball and uh welcome everybody hope you had an outstanding weekend easter weekend good friday beautiful spring weather out there hope everybody uh, enjoyed sports and or otherwise but the big dog, we talk opening day baseball we're going to talk ncaa championship too and I think we mention this almost every time we talk on the opening day, and there is truly, you go back to your childhood, your teenage years, there's truly something special about baseball opening day. Hard to describe to those that aren't in it, but um, I'm assuming you feel that special feeling as well.
0: Always, always feel that special feeling. And, you know, the funny thing is about this is I truly, like, at the end of the day, if they win or lose, if they win, I'm not going to say they're going to win the World Series. If they lose, it's over. But there is something special about the first day, no matter what. And there's 161 of these things left. And you look at a football game, there's 15 of those left. But for some reason, baseball definitely has the most special opening day of all the sports.
1: Any chance you will uh, walk out of your fine abode out in Aurora, Illinois, maybe have your roommate, uh, Mahmoud, be a catcher for you and just uh, ceremonially for the... Honor of it all, just throw out the first pitch, kind of a ceremonial first pitch. Might you do that sometime today? Uh,
0: by the way, I, I, I snubbed, I snubbed Mahmoud when the cricket season started, so he's going <laughs> to snub me during the baseball season, coach.
1: Well, you know, cricket opening day, it just doesn't quite have the same feeling, not the same yeah, great it, tradition. It's open
0: It takes them like seven days to play the game, so it's really not the same, Coach.
1: (laughs) Beautiful. Big Dog, great to talk to you, my friend. Hope you had a a good weekend. You watched the basketball games, Final Four, Saturday. Game one was unbelievable. Game two uh, was not so unbelievable. But uh, Butler continues to have that magical ride. Amazing, wasn't
0: it? Uh, Absolutely amazing. And, you you know, Coach, I, I was right about how both teams kept trying to get buckets in transition. But they were just getting back. That was one of the best defensive games I've ever seen played in collegiate history. Well, not- uh, it was unbelievable how – it was ten guys on the court fighting, scratching, biting, doing whatever it took to get every rebound, to get out to their player. They're supposed to be defending to go help somebody else's uh, player, diving for loose balls. That was – it was as good of a basketball game as I could remember, Coach, in terms of just sheer – uh Watching people give effort to, to try to win a
1: game. Yeah, effort on the defensive end. I'm going to agree with you half halfway. The half-court defense was uh, outstanding. And you more watch the, the Butler team in particular play. I guess we almost get used to it when you watch Michigan State because they play just you know really good, relentless half-court defense. But Butler, really? And, and, and we talked about it before. It's not traps. It's not any special stuff. They do just basic, solid, fundamental defense, rotating over help side, containing your man. Uh, etc. But the part I disagree with you with, and I even heard Butler talk about, uh you know, we did a great job, or, or uh, Tom Izzo, talking about how Butler did a great job of getting back on defense. Michigan State made very little effort. In my opinion, the way I looked at it, very little effort to up-tempo the game, to get their fast break going. Every time Corey Lucius got the ball, he would walk it over, walk it up, and look over at Tom Izzo. and You know, he squint his eyes, what play do you want? Uh, I was rooting for Butler, but as a Michigan State fan, I pushed the ball. Michigan State is one of the best fast breaks in all of basketball. And for some odd reason, Big Dog, they went to a slowdown, half-court offense. I couldn't understand
0: it. I I really think that early on in the game, Butler did such a good job of getting back that Michigan State just gave up on it. I I, I think that's what happened because they were trying to push it early, Coach, and it seemed like there was three or four uh, Butler guys back as quick as possible. So that might have played into it a little bit. And and that was going to be the key to the game, I thought, because – The half court defense on both of those teams is just ridiculous. I mean, how does a team go ten and a half minutes in the second half of a semifinal game and without a field goal and end up winning?
1: It's amazing. Shoot twenty something percent in the second half, thirty one percent for the game. That is yep. not the stuff Cinderella upsets are made of, but Butler found a way to do it. And you add on top of that that their second-leading scorer sat out for most of the second half. The announcers, who I love, uh, Clark Kellogg, but they did a very poor job of emphasizing that. Mac is sitting on the bench, and their next best player, uh Mike Howard, Howard was mm-hmm. sitting out for a good part of the game with fouls and then a concussion. They didn't even mention that in the second half. The camera went over to my uh, Matt. I thought maybe he fouled out. Unless I missed it, Big Dog, and I was watching by myself, so I was listening to about every comment. They never mentioned the fact that in the final five minutes of the game, the 6'8 star center is sitting on the bench. Why is he not in the game?
0: Yeah, I have to admit, I don't know what they said about that. I miss a lot of commentary during basketball games or football or baseball for the simple fact that my house is like Union Station. Okay, (laughs) there's... There's 37 different people in and out of the room while I'm watching a game. Uh-huh. And everybody has to ask me what's going on. I'm like, did you just ask the person I just told a minute ago what's going on? Okay, I was like, yeah, it's actually a pretty good game going on right now.
1: So, uh-huh. See, I can't watch good games. Games I really want to watch, I, I, I can't have that confusion around me.
0: Well, you know, Co- well, coach, you get really confused easily. Seriously, I do. If somebody says you got to take a left and a right. I mean, you're you're screwed. It's a like one at a time. I know, am so.
1: distracted easily. My focus is not a, a strong point. So you're probably right. But still, <laughs> I preferred. My uh, family got invited to a party elsewhere. I had to announce a volleyball game on Saturday, and had to get out of there without hearing the scores of the game. Fortunately, I did and was able to get home. And in the peace of quiet of my own uh, lazy boy chair, was able to watch the game. I thoroughly enjoyed it.
0: Uh, that's that's awfully good, Coach. I, you know, I have, like, this little cove in my house, and I think I'm just going to start living in that little tiny room so I don't have to, like, have to deal with uh, all the other distractions because I'm getting old, too, and I don't need as much fish as I should. So. Time
1: by yourself, a little solitary confinement. I think our uh, fine producer, uh, David Olson, who has uh, two young kids and a wife, could uh, agree with me, a little a solitary confinement. Occasional time by yourself is a very valued thing as you get older, especially if you have kids, big dog.
0: Oh, or in your
1: case, if you have, you know, like 28 roommates.
0: Well, well, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I love them all, but yeah, but every once in a while, like when you get yeah. into that type of situation, it can get a little bit antsy and distracting.
1: Yeah. yeah. Any females distracting you over the weekend? Uh,
0: uh, just relatives. And trust me, my relatives, my females that are re- female, my relatives that are female, that can be extremely distracting. But you know, luckily for me, not like the sick kind of distracting.
1: And we're not talking kissing cousins or anything, huh?
0: That's what I'm saying, not to stick kind of... Okay. This, this well,
1: some people say, you know, not to get too sidetracked here, we got a big sports weekend, but, you know, the whole cousin thing, that's kind of a gray area. I had a well, friend who, um, I don't know if it was a first cousin or a second cousin, but had a not-so-brief tryst back in the late teenage years with a cousin. Is, is it wrong? Well, well, well there's different, there t- there's different levels of cousins. No, there wasn't like a conception, was there? No. It was Okay, it, it, then it's not so bad. Not so
0: bad. <laughs> I mean, I've never done it to be quite honest with you, and I've got some really good-looking cousins to be honest with you.
1: Female or male? Female.
0: <laughs> female. My 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 male cousins are they're all really successful, but most of them are fat. So
1: <laughs> That that's not a I guess that is a pretty good combination. If you're going to be successful, you might as well be fat. Uh, all right. We're getting distracted once again. So, all right. So you watch Butler uh, upset? I, mean, I guess it really wasn't an upset.
0: No, no, that it definitely wasn't an upset because Las Vegas had uh them yes. as a five-point favorites. So I I can't call that an upset. They're definitely not uh, any cinder fellows, mm-hmm. without question.
1: And by the way, good play at the end of the game to uh foul and not allow Michigan State to go for a three-pointer. I thought that was good strategy. I'm assuming it, you were in agreement.
0: Yeah, coach. I absolutely. <laughs> you have to. I mean, that's it's the common sense. I mean, legitimately, the chance of somebody hitting a three-point shot with 5.8 seconds or 6.1, I forgot what they redid the, the clock on that, or the chance of somebody hitting the first free throw missing the second, getting the rebound, and getting the putback for the tie. I mean, you do the math right there. I, yeah. I will, I, you know, they have a better shot of me hitting a three-pointer, who I, mm-hmm. and I can't hit a three-pointer, than they would getting all that stuff to, to happen. Well,
1: and, and there was a national championship game, correct me if I'm wrong, two years ago, when uh, the great John Calipari decided not to do that, brain cramped a little bit, and Kansas hit a three-pointer, did they not, to win the champion So it was recreated in a national championship game.
0: Yeah, and I believe it was a Chicago uh, great high school prep, Sharon Collins, who hit that three-pointer Ah, uh,
1: No. It wasn't? I think Sharon made the pass, right? Who's the kid who's he's in the NBA now? Uh, Mario Chalmers. That's the guy. Okay. Yeah, I think Sharon, Chicago's very own, he made did, the he pass. He did have a
0: couple big three-pointers
1: at the end of that yes. game, but I
0: was working at that particular time, and it was hard for me to watch it. But I do know... He wasn't even starting. Collins mm-hmm. was on that team and he had a good uh championship game.
1: But by the way, you know, how many of the millions of people that filled out brackets, how many had Duke and Butler in the championship game? Uh, I would think le- not le- even, I would bet you not more than ten. I was gonna say not even one percent, not even point five percent. Oh no no, no,
0: no, 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 no. Not even a percent, not even a decimal yeah. point, coach. Legitimately. I'm talking like out of like the ten million brackets that people filled out, and there was probably like one butler. Fan that did it like a hundred times. He probably well, had like one, them against Duke once
1: or twice. Uh, there were some people again. Butler had come into the tournament winning like 19 games in a row, and they were a five seed. So I think there were probably a few people that put Butler, but there weren't that many people that put Duke. And you combine the Duke and the Butler it was probably one, literally maybe one in a million. Butler, by the way, our uh, Las Vegas odds makers, and by the way, we have Winning Wednesdays, an outstanding show here on the TalkZone.com that specializes in odds two. Hundred to one—that was um, the odds on the Butler team before they began this amazing run.
0: During the tournament, before the tournament, so like they had elected, they're one of the sixty-five teams, and you could have put it as two hundred to one at, at that particular time, Coach. Mm-hmm. Wow, that you know what? Actually, that that was too high. I know, obviously, they won five games in a row, but you are mm-hmm. a five seed. I mean, that's. Wow, that's that's a little disrespect. Hopefully yeah, somebody in Indianapolis threw like a 100 bucks on that just uh, you know, as a goof and hopefully they win.
1: Yeah, I hope well, I'm sure there'll be some Butler fans that are uh, make a little cash out of this particular run. Hopefully if uh, Butler can pull off the big upset. Now before we get to the matchup tonight, quick review, West Virginia and Duke, not a ton to talk about here, Duke uh, as the announcers so well stated, played their best game of the tournament. That says a lot because they've been very good in the tournament. they put it all together. I did have one problem with the strategy that West Virginia put in, one X and O strategy. But uh, before I see if you can pick up on that, Big Doug, if you have any complaints. I, I,
0: I, yeah, I, was it the strategy of every time – Duke hit a three-point shot. They slumped their head, dropped their shoulders, and acted totally dejected like they couldn't win the game. Was that the strategy you're talking about? <laughs> no. Because I've never saw a team that faced adversity 30 seconds into the game and like decided to fold it up in a semifinal game <laughs> and act like they couldn't win. That's I, 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 I don't mean to be rude, Coach, but it looked like West Virginia didn't even care. And I don't want to take anything away from Duke, who played their best basketball game of the year, but I was disgusted by West Virginia's play.
1: Mm-hmm. Sorry, I, I, I wouldn't go quite that strong, any of our West Virginia fans listening. Via the Internet and TalkZone.com, you want to fire back at the big dog, or God forbid, no, no, actually. not tell a
0: mountain to fire back at me, Coach, because they have guns. They actually <laughs> will
1: fire. <laughs> I was talking in the uh, non-literal sense, but, you know, you want to take a shot. What the heck, you can try that, too. 888-463-6748. That's our phone number, folks. Again, 888-463-6748. You can email us at Mike. Two guys, AOL.com. That's M-I-C in the number two. Mike, two guys at AOL.com. Big dog, to me, West Virginia, the only way they're going to win is to go street brawl. They got to get right in Duke's face and they went half court defense. Not only half court though, cushion on the ball. John Shire was in comfort zone from the get go. Duke could run their offense for some reason, even when they got behind, even if they wanted to start the game with that strategy. When it wasn't working, and you need to, as you said, the team was dead. You go full court press. You pressure John Shire. You get in his face, and, and, and you know, put some pressure on the suburban kids. See if he can handle it. I thought West Virginia's defensive strategy was uh, was lazy.
0: Yeah, coach, you're 100 percent right, and that's what I was. That's probably why I was sensing them playing dejected. Seriously, it's I've never seen a Bobby uh, Bear Huggins team play so like with a malaise. It, yeah, it was it was it was a strange game to watch.
1: But you know, you know, like, dog, yeah. from watching basketball, if if your team is in a malaise, one of the ways to get them out of it, full court press. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah.
0: Oh, I was watching it. I've never coached it, but that makes a lot of sense to me, coach. And and they are technically do the whole thing, quote unquote, more athletic yes. than Duke. So take advantage of it. You're. Lo- force them to to make plays, force them to dribble with the basketball through the court and break a press and, yeah. and make a tough pass. I thought I mean, it was going to be wet. very skilled, but if, if something's not working, change it up. You're yeah, 100% I, I, right.
1: That was a major X and O error on the part of, uh, as you call him, Bobby Bear Huggins. Tough injury, too. That was a dramatic moment, wasn't it? We... Talk about the things we love so much about sports. It's not just the winning and losing. What I've always been drawn to in sports is the raw emotion of sports, the great uh, uh, highs and the great lows you get. And that was a cool, human moment. It, 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 you hated to see it happen, the injury, talking about, to Deshaun Butler. But, Joel, was, it was a dramatic moment, was it not?
0: When, when, uh, when uh, Huggins leaned over him, grabbed uh, yes. him by the back of the head and like said some really nice words to him. Yep. Okay, Coach, but I, just just throwing it out there. Throwing it out there. It's funny how we have two different impressions of that incident.
1: Okay.
0: I, I agree with you, that was cool that that Huggins did that. What took the West Virginia staff, the Thank coaching you. staff, his team players, and all this, and, yeah. and the and and the trainers to get out there and help the kid? I, he was riding on the floor screaming. Yes. It took him at least forty seconds. I
1: completely agree with that, and you said staff, what staff? One guy. Yes. It's the final four. It's one of the biggest venues in all of sports. This guy is writhing in pain and Deshaun Butler's about as tough as they come. So you know the injury was bad. One guy came out and to be honest with you, the one guy who came out didn't look real comfortable handling the situation.
0: Yeah. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And did you happen to hear? I mean, did you still have it on tape coach? Did you erase it? I erased it. Okay, because I'm I'm serious. I am not making this up. Okay, I heard somebody yell, "Get the blank up." I swear to you, coach. To the kid. I, I rewound it. I was like, and like my boys were like, "Yeah, somebody just blank like, get the f up' to the kid." And we don't know where it came from. It obviously wasn't a Duke player because they were probably like stayed out. Mm-hmm. And I doubt it was one of the cheerleaders because it was a pretty deep voice.
1: Maybe that's okay. what Bobby Huggins was saying.
0: I, I don't think it was a coach. It sounded like one of his teammates. He just probably, to, you know, just hugged, to let you know, he
1: probably hugged Deshaun Butler around the head. And, you know, and while everybody on TV is thinking he's given these, you know, nice, comforting words, he's probably saying to the kid, look, Deshaun, right now everybody thinks I'm saying nice things to you. But if you don't get your goddamn ass out off the floor, we are down 12 points. This is my one chance to win the national championship. People are thinking I'm talking nice. Now, get the blank up off the floor. Play, we're down 12 You got two knees. It's possible. (laughs) (laughs) You got two knees. Just pop it back into place and get out there and play, huh?
0: It's it's only an ACL. It's not an ACL and an MCL and a PCL and a.
1: Right. You got, you got three other L's. It's only one that's down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. But it was good stuff. The first game was uh, phenomenal. And, again, game two, just watching Duke uh, perform. And, again, I think West Virginia allowed Duke to uh, perform so well, but it was a thing of beauty. Uh, real quick, uh, I'm going to get to opening day baseball, but your thoughts tonight, 8 o'clock, prelude to the championship, by the way, at 7 o'clock, big dog. But uh, Duke and Butler, your thoughts, my friend? It's down to the final two.
0: Yeah, you know what, it, it, Butler is going to have to play like just like they have, they're going to be wearing Duke jerseys and by that, just like play phenomenal defense. Don't give Shire any comfort zone. Don't give Smith any comfort zone uh and try to overcome those gigantic bodies that Duke has. And they don't have to play the perfect game because I hate, oh, they're going to play the perfect game. No, they don't because they're going to make a mistake. Somehow throughout this game, they're going to make a mistake. They're not going to be Villanova and not miss a shot in the second half. Mm-hmm. But, uh, they are going to have to play their best game of the season, but the thing is is uh the head coach for Butler said something that I, I swear to you, Coach, I remember saying this to you a couple years ago when there was Boise State playing Oklahoma. Like, I said they don't have to be better than Oklahoma every single day of the year. They don't have to be better than the whole day. They just have to be better for 60 minutes, and mm-hmm. that's what he's telling them, his players. That's what he said he's going to tell his players when they play Duke tonight. You know, it doesn't matter. All you got to do is for the next 40 minutes be better than them. You don't have to be better than them all year long.
1: That's nice. You know, that that sounds nice. Sounds very cliche. I'm going to take issue with you here on on behalf of the fine Butler fans out there. By the way, again, you want to talk some hoops with us? We'll talk opening baseball in a little bit. The phone lines are open at 888-463-6748. I feel like you're kowtowing, not just you, Big Dog, but a lot of, Experts and basketball commentaries, and even friends of mine that I've talked to have said the same basic gist of what you just said. It's time to start the believing in Butler, and maybe saying that Duke has got to do that against Butler. Do you realize in their last three games, Big Dog, Butler's knocked off Syracuse, Kansas State, and Michigan State. I think Butler is the favorite, and I think uh, those nice comments you said. You uh-huh. know what? Duke's got a chance to win, but they better play their best forty minutes, twenty. Five wins in a row. I'm a Butler believer, and I'm going to leave one caveat. I'm going to let you comment on that. There's one major caveat, but to to me, I'm convinced Butler is the team to beat. Okay,
0: I, I will give you this. When you compare Butler to a typical "quote unquote" Cinderella and the team that has to beat the the David that has to go up against the Goliath, they are deeper than most teams. Just like you said, they can have two really good players on the bench, and they can still beat uh michigan state with i mean that shows their depth they're a lot more athletic than a quote unquote majority white team you know what i'm saying Uh, so like there's the typical stereotypes that you see with uh, a basketball team playing the cinderella role Butler is not that coach but the point of the matter is these kids kind of have played the role of cinderella like oh everybody has forgotten about us people overlook us because we're small don't change it and all of a sudden, say, "Hey, you know what? See, we belong with these guys." No, 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 no. They, I, they know they do. They, they've won five games no, against tournament teams.
1: I'm not Keep saying you're going with
0: the Cinderella aspect, coach.
1: No, you're. I'm not talking about from their aspect. You're right. If if I'm Brad Stevens, and that's the belief, I play up that uh, any psychological factor I can get. I'm just talking about from people like us, and uh, oh, you know, a you couple of.
0: We, you especially, have lauded Butler before even the, their own conference tournament. All year long, you've been saying this is a good team, mm-hmm. and 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 trust me, I've agreed with you. I, I, I am. I will never rip a school because they're from a, a small conference. I've I, I played football at a small conference. I will never rip those teams. So I, I don't think I, I. You're, we're not doing that, coach. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Those other people let them do that. They're not used to the Butlers. They'll never talk about Butler again if they lose tonight's game. Again. I mean, until next year's tournament when they finally, you know, when they make another run to the Sweet 16.
1: 25 wins in a row Syracuse, Kansas State, and Michigan State back to back to back. And that's not just three lucky wins in a row. That's prefaced by saying 25 wins in a row, including a couple of tournament wins before that. Uh, There's no Cinderella. They're just flat out talented. Now, here's the. Caveat, and I, I kind of alluded to it, big dog. I made the uh, issue with Clark Kellogg and Jim Nance, who I think do a very nice job announcing the game. I absolutely love Clark Kellogg, but they completely downplayed the injuries to, uh, to Shelvin Mack and then to Matt Howard. And we still, I haven't read much about it. And even the papers afterwards and the experts talking about this game, you know, Matt Howard might play or might not play. And then they go on to the rest of the matchup. This is a national championship game. You're talking yeah. about the second-leading scorer, their point guard, and the guy who makes the team go, Shelvin Mack, and we're hearing very little about his readiness to go, and the player of the year in the conference. Two years ago. This is not a big player. Matt Howard is their only inside player. Is a dynamic? Well, not dynamic. That's the wrong word. Blue collar. No, no, kind
0: of is, Coach, because he can shoot from the outside and he can rebound. He is a dynamic
1: player. Yeah, it's he just is. dynamic means flashy. He's so about, different. Um, Blue Kai. Versatile. How about that? Versatile. Yeah, but he scores. I mean, he gives you scoring and rebounding and toughness on the inside. National championship game, two of their top players might not be able to play, and it's being passed off. Of, you know, very little even talk about that. I don't yeah, you, understand how that is being so downplayed.
0: Um, you know what? I, I Here's the reason why it's being so downplayed, Coach, and, and this is why. The simple reason is there's only so much coverage you can give this particular event right now. And maybe it's the fact that it's open-end day in baseball. Everybody's worried about what is Tiger going to say. Plus the national title game, a little bit the women played yesterday. There's there's so much going on in the world of sports right now that maybe people are just touching on the national championship game. And if they really were going to break it down, trust me, they would be like, hey, not only is this, team from the smaller conference have to deal with the fact they're playing the all-in mighty duke mm-hmm. their only guy with size against a team that has a front wall the size of the great wall of china is <laughs> you know he's out and their point guard is out so maybe that's what it is It's just there's mm-hmm. so much going on in the world of sports right now people aren't really giving you the whole trust me if it was larry bird and magic johnson playing in this game we mm-hmm. would know every single thing about all 10 guys on the court
1: it's right Great now, point so. that's a great point i think you nailed it on that nailed it uh Absolutely, and uh, by the way, the the bird, well, I don't want to get off into of that, but um, 8 o'clock. But people should watch that Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. Well, thing, I, was, you know? I don't want to get off on that. I finally yeah. watched it over the weekend, and it was uh, every bit as good as people told me it was.
0: It it, it seriously brought tears to my eyes a yes. couple times. I actually got a little moist in my eyes, and yeah, I got to tell you something. Those two guys are good human beings, Yes, really good human beings.
1: Yep. Yep, completely nope. agree. That was good stuff. HBO special. Still on On Demand if you're a Comcast customer, by the way. All right, we'll talk some opening day baseball with the National Championship game. It's right there for you. Again, you want to talk some hoops. And uh, it is interesting, Big Doug, alluding to your previous comment, how we had three weeks ago when the tournament started, people they, they, everything we were talking about was college basketball, was the games in the tournament. And now when you get to the culmination of it, three weeks later, it's like very few people are talking. The championship game, I don't want to say anticlimactic, but it's not the water cooler conversation the opening couple of weeks are.
0: You know, you're, you're 100% right, Coach. And I, I don't know how other people feel about it, and other people may have other tastes, and their distractions can be elsewhere. I'm a diehard cup fan. and I can't wait till 3 o'clock today. But i got to tell you something. I can't remember the last time. I'm not even going to bring up. A- 2005. I don't, I'm going to act like it didn't happen. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I was this, I'm like a little kid again about this game. I feel like, you know, I'm ready to watch, uh, Five Slam at Jama versus NC State or something like that. I mean, I'm really excited about this particular ball game. Uh, so, you know what, let everybody else, I, like, miss it, but I'm not, you know, realize what the heck's going on. I, I could care less. I'm at 821 today. My bus is going to be in front of a television and I'm going to be watching 10 guys on a basketball court ripping and clawing and doing whatever it takes to win, and I'm going to enjoy
1: it. Well put, my friend. Well put. We come back. We'll talk some opening day baseball at talkzone.com. Two guys and a mic, 888 463 Busy Sports Day. Lots to get to. Back in a minute.
0: Lines are open for your calls on two guys and a mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the Big Dog, Joe Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. All
1: right, Big Dog, we're back talking a little opening day baseball. Got our basketball thoughts out here. One-hour show. We've got to move along quickly. Uh, here in the city of Chicago, 105. The White Sox have a home opener. And Big Dog, you alluded to it, your beloved cup open up the 2010 season this could be the year my friend 305 today at atlanta another special year is upon us
0: uh you know coach I, i'm you know i'm a cup fan and i have to admit I'm, I'm pretty happy with this team i know a lot of cup fans might not be oh we lost all this we lost this we didn't replace that you know to be honest with you i actually like this team and I'm not even going to worry. And I'm not going to make any predictions anymore. I'm not going to be concerned. If they, I have so many worries in my life that have <laughs> nothing to do with the Chicago Cubs. And I guess yes. you know, any player in the Cubs could care less if I make my mortgage payment on time. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm really looking at this baseball season as a distraction, as enjoyment. Uh, they got guys like Marlon Bird now, who's a good human being. You know, they've got uh, like people like Ryan Dempster, Ted Lilly. You look at these guys. They are good good guys and Carlos Obrano's a good guy even though he's a little bit loco at times I'm going into this season not caring whether they win or lose and just going to try to enjoy some Cub baseball and that might sound crazy but I I got so many just so many worries in my life I am not going to add whether or not the Chicago Cubs add another year to their torment this particular year and had it bother me coach
1: you're finally coming over to my side well I mean that's huh I want him to win, Coach, but uh, maybe other
0: years I'll get back and really worry about it. But right now I have so much on my plate, Mm -hmm. I am not going to really be concerned about it.
1: Maybe in troubled times it does put sports in perspective, but I think uh, too many of us, and this is coming from someone whose sports has been a big part of my life, but uh, they are games. I mean, to, to way too many people, way too many take it way too seriously. It is supposed to be a distraction. And I've said, and I've been criticized for it, and I'll say it again, you know, there are worse things than losing. You know, you want to win. I mean, competition's what it's all about. That's what drew me to sports. I enjoy the competition. But uh, there are worse, the worst, much worse than losing is not being able to compete. If your team's not in it, or if you as a player are injured and you can't compete, that's the worst thing. But if you're in the game, you know you play hard. and You lose the game; it's not the worst thing. Too many fans take it way too serious.
0: Yeah, coach, I was thinking like legitimately. I'm not kidding you. I was puking. I threw up uh, in the middle of Game Seven in the 2003 World Series, the day after the Bartman thing. All that is. I didn't want to bring all that. And I, you know, I think about that moment. Why? Why I didn't? The Cubs have never put a penny in my pocket. Mm-hmm. They could care less about me. I know they, you know, the old World Cub fandom and all that stuff, but. Why am I puking over them losing and not going to the World Series? I know my dad had just died, and he was a huge Cubs fan, and that played a lot into it. But, it, you know, I, I'm trying to step away from that and, and not care as much. So mm-hmm. I am going to watch the game today. I'm going to root for them. And, and I've, I've I've said it before, and I haven't been able to do it, but this year I'm really going to try to do that, Coach. Mm-hmm. Not care as much about whether the Cubs win or lose.
1: We'll see if that lasts three or four games out of the 162. <laughs> but it's at least it's a good... <laughs> It's a good if they philosophy.
0: Out 21 and 10. <laughs> <laughs> guess what? I'll be complaining that they don't have enough veterans in the bullpen. They need another left handed bat. It's all going to start again. So.
1: Carlos Zambrano going up against Derek Lowe. That's the matchup for the Cubs. Mark Burley taking on Jake Westbrook, the White Sox host in the Cleveland Indians. I didn't watch the game at all. In fact, uh, like a bad sports talk show host, I didn't even catch the highlights, but the season opened up yesterday. Red Sox knocked off the Yankees 9-7. to Anything happened in that game uh, worthy of notice, Big Dog? Uh, oh, my goodness, Coach. It's the best game of the year. Really?
0: Yes. Uh, Curtis <laughs> Landerson hit a home run in his first at-bat as a Yankee. It was the first time that happened on Open Today since 1977. Very That's nice. a long time. Uh, yeah, back-to-back home runs with Orge Uh the, what do you call it? The Red Sox came storming back after being down five to one, and Papelbon got the save in the ninth. And uh, another thing happened: the Yankees stole home yesterday. All I gotta tell is I don't want to break down baseball too much, but if you're playing the Boston Red Sox this year, mm-hmm. just right when you get to first base, just take a left turn and steal second on the first pitch. Oh my goodness, that, it, Victor Martinez, he needed he needs a cutoff man to get the ball at the second base, coach.
1: <laughs> Seriously. I mean, that guy has a noodle for an arm. On the on the so, bright side, is he uh, he does hit the cutoff man, though.
0: Yeah, he does hit the cutoff man, and he does hit the ball with uh, prodigious power. I mean, mm-hmm. he's probably the second-best hitting catcher in baseball right now. If he is, it maybe Brian McCann would be the second-best. Obviously, mm-hmm. Mauer is the first. But,
1: but you got yeah, to have a catcher.
0: That issues behind the plate.
1: The Cubs of the last two years are a great indicator of how key a good defensive catcher is Giovanni Soto in his first year was outstanding, not only as a uh, – Handler of the pitchers and a defender behind the plate, but he threw out runners at a great pace. And then, uh, similar to his hitting in a sophomore year, his defensive play, his ability to throw out runners fell off, and it really affects the team. We're not creating any new uh, baseball technology here, but a good defensive catcher, absolutely a big part of a winning team.
0: Yeah, we've talked about it before. You can, I, I can name every single World Series champion of all time, coach, and I can name the catcher on that team. And every single one of them mm-hmm. was at least an above average defensive player. At least there's never even been an average defensive player playing catcher that has won a World Series title, coach. That's no lie. And, uh, and I mean, in terms of overall throwing out runners, Catching the ball and mm-hmm. calling games, they've always been above average or good.
1: Odell right, um, Sh- oh. had
0: a bad shoulder too last year. Don't forget. So hopefully he will be better because he he played all last season hurt. The guy does have a pair of testicles, coach. He's pretty mm-hmm. tough. He yeah, should yeah. have been sitting out a lot early, a lot more than he did last year. He's
1: got a great pair of thighs too. I don't not that I've ever noticed before, but uh, but his thighs have slimmed down. They have noticed. He came.
0: He's forty something pounds less than he was last year at the mm-hmm. same exact time. So. Mm-hmm. The Cool Ranch Doritos are out of his uh, repertoire. He's out of his diet. So Hopefully
1: not too much weight left the gluteus maximus because, uh, you know, you need that low center of gravity if you're a catcher. This is true. You need the strong gluteal muscles if you will. Hey, Big Dog, uh, and we invite our listeners to check in, talk a little baseball. You want to make some predictions. Don't forget now, David Olson, our producer, and his uh, incredibly hardworking staff uh put together archives of all of our shows. So you can't just make some comments here and then – you know, lie about it like a couple of months later. Anything you say can and probably will be used against you in the court of baseball law. But uh, so if our listeners want to make any predictions, opening day, 888-463-6748. Big Dog you, as is our baseball expert. Um, when all is said and done, which two teams do you think meeting for the World Series?
0: Okay, and, and I've said this before, Coach. I really don't like making World Series predictions. Now, because who knows how teams' pitching rotations are set up to yep. start October first. Yep. But I, I, I truly believe I'm not. I'm, I'm, everyone's going to say I'm boring with this, but the Phillies will have the best record in the National League. They'll win the most games in the National League, and the Yankees are going to win the most games in the American League. Mm-hmm. So, and so I would have to say, depending on who, like if CC Sebasti is healthy and Roy Halliday is healthy, come October first. They'll probably be the World Series favorites. It, it's so difficult in baseball to actually pick the World Series winners. I mean, I can, you can see how a team's constructor for a season. Are they good one through five, blah, blah, blah. you got to figure out on October 1st if they have the one-two dynamic punch yeah. of uh, two di- like great starting pitchers at see, the top of the rotation.
1: You're making your prediction based on the, the long, regular season. Which... Yeah,
0: yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. So I guess if you really want me to, I'll say, yeah, I think Philly and, mm-hmm. and New York will meet again in the World Series. Because I, just because I think, do think they will have the best records in both league, both leagues. But, you know, to be honest with you, you look at the Dodgers, if Clayton Kershaw ends up being Sandy Koufax like everybody else thinks he does, is maybe, you know, the, the Dodgers win 89 games this year, but when they, you play them in the playoffs, just like those 0-4 Cubs, coach, nobody wanted to meet the old 4 Cubs in the playoffs because they had won prior. You know what I'm saying? I'm not joking around about the, the Cubs, but, like, you know, maybe the Dodgers are the team to beat if Clayton Kershaw all of a sudden is unhittable, you know, late in the season. Uh, maybe uh, like the Mariners, they limp into the playoffs somehow, but they get Cliff Lee back after being out for a couple months, and all of a sudden Cliff Lee the same Cliff Lee as last year in the postseason. They don't have as good a record as the Yankees, but if you have Cliff Lee, the best pitcher in the American League, healthy, then who knows? Maybe they're you know they're the ones that make uh, the run into the World Series. It's just so hard. I will without a doubt make all predictions that you want me to for the regular season, but after that. Please ask me October first, Coach.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair enough. Actually, it's a lot more. I mean, it's you know, it's fun to make those playoff predictions. But you're right; trying to predict it's hard enough to figure out who's going to be there at the end of September, early October. But, yeah, I'll go out on
0: that limb if you want me to. I will, but I, I, I just got to throw that caveat out yeah. there for you. No,
1: okay. I think it's. A, I'm. I'm. I'm supporting. You. I think it's an accurate caveat, and it's already silly. You one could put it's fun. But it's pretty ridiculous to try to predict in April who's going to be the regular season champ, to figure out who's going to win a best of five at a couple of best of sevens when so many things can happen in a short series is almost a uh, fruitless, worth worthless uh, expedition, if you will, mm-hmm. trying to figure out who's going to be best over the 162 regular season games. A little bit more legitimate. So, uh, shockingly, Big Dog, I agree with your philosophy.
0: And so, I'll make a couple predictions. I'll say I predict that the Anaheim Angels will not win their division. And that's that's kind of a bold statement. I, I, I think that Texas and I think that Seattle have made great strides. Mm-hmm. And Oakland is also pretty good. There's a chance that Anaheim could finish in last in this particular division coach. And yeah. this is a team that, you know, last year had a shot at the World Series, and even next year they would have a shot at the World Series, maybe even this year.
1: They've overachieved for many, many years. Great coaching by Mike Sosha, making the best, but they've lost a couple of players here. Another year, another year. I think you're right. We could be wrong, but this could be the year. It all catches up to them, and maybe when it does catch up to them, the bottom falls out.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Yep. Yeah, that's it, that's. Uh, this is the year that like the Angels get exposed, like it, it mm-hmm. and uh, they're going to have to figure out a way to get some more pitching back and get and get some power in the middle of their lineup. Mm-hmm. And then, the A's look pretty good right now, too, Coach. They've got the best pitching out there in the Western uh West Division. Yeah, kind uh, of
1: I'm kind of rooting for Billy Ball this year. I'd like to see the Oakland A's get back into it. Another team I'd like to see get back in contention. Uh, it I argue it's good for baseball when the Baltimore Orioles are good, and they've been bad for a lot of years. I'd like to see Baltimore get back on the schneid, if you will.
0: Well, you know what, Coach? Uh, they have Andy McPhail heading up the organization. That's not good. Okay. <laughs> so, like we said, Andy McPhail... You know, there, some people try and other people hope, and other people hope. And mm-hmm. I think Andy McPhail hopes more than he tries.
1: I heard he's bringing Dave Wanstead in to coach the team this year.
0: Well, they got a head. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, the, the the Orioles have some pretty good young talent. They've mm-hmm. got all types of young pitchers. That you know, McPhail always does that. He brings in everybody's You know, good arms, and hopefully, you mm-hmm. know, he brings in ten good, ten good arms. He knows that nine of them will be bust, bust. He just hopes ten of them won't be bust. Let's you know, and talk, that's basically what he's done
1: again. Uh, let's get away from winners and losers for just a second. Uh, big dog, let me tap into your baseball instinct, if you will. And again, fans out there, you want to talk some baseball opening day, always special 888-463-6748. Any trends that you can, um, see coming this year that you can feel, um, I don't know, rule changes? Is it going to be an offensive year? Is it going to be a defensive year? You think the young players are going to come? Is it the veterans who are going to take over? Do you have a feel for any trends that we might see overall in the game of Major League Baseball this year?
0: Well, you know what? Normally I do have, like, the feel, you know, the stuff, oh, I think this is going to happen, Coach. I usually get those things. But this year we've been getting blasted with what all the trends are, Are or like the, the stuff that what the theme of the season is going to be. This year, it's the phenom. It's a Chapman. When is Steven Strasburg going to hit the Nationals? When is Jason Hayward going to hit his first 500 and 950,000-mile-foot <laughs> home run? I mean, it's just like, like – like, so that's one of the stories this year mm-hmm. is the phenom year. 2010 is the year of the phenom. And, and, this, and Have you seen Jason Hayward yet, Coach? Have you seen the kid? He
1: is a strapping young
0: man. Uh, And this is no joke. He seriously is, he's like the size of Frank Thomas without any softness about him whatsoever. And the guy supposedly runs like Lance Briggs. I was going to say
1: he runs a lot quicker than Frank Thomas. If he,
0: if, if if, if the Bears need a weak outside linebacker next year, this uh-huh. kid could play. He's 6'4, 245, yeah. and run, and yeah. run like the, runs like the wind. So.
1: Nobody should look like that. It's not fair to the rest of us, but, uh, he is one of those guys, young player. The Cubs have one of their own, the leading batter in all of spring training. We'll see if that means anything, but Heck Tyler, yeah. Tyler Colvin's one of those right. young phenoms who could, uh, could come through. Yeah. Now, when you say this is the year of the young phenom, do you, are you pointing thumbs up, thumbs down, or just, No, no, no.
0: That's that is like a lot of times you hear, oh, this guy's gonna be a good rookie. This guy's gonna be a good rookie. I mean, the the young rookies that they're talking about now, they're they're not comparing these guys to like, oh, this guy could be Ellis Valentine. He could be a solid ball player. They're talking about this guy could be Hank Aaron. Okay, you know what I'm saying, coach? When you're talking about they're saying Errolis Chapman has Sandy Koufax like stuff. When you're talking about comparisons to Hank Aaron, Sandy Koufax. Steven Strasburg being called the greatest prospect ever. Okay, so there is no comparison. They're calling him the greatest prospect ever. Since since Mark Brown. So uh, so no matter if they're good or bad, Coach, this is the year of, hey, how are these guys Mm going to do? You know what I mean? We don't normally get comparisons like that. And I'm not talking about one or two guys. I'm talking like across the board. Mm -hmm. Who is an ESPN? Kirchin? Only all these guys, these talking heads that repeat the same stuff over and over and over again, Coach, they keep on repeating the same stuff about these guys, about how, like, you're beginning to watch a Hall of Fame-type career. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of weight to put on, on some young men's shoulder. Yeah, Another yeah. theme of this year, um, and, you know, and I have felt this, and I always I always talk about a Coach, like, hey, you know, if I was a GM, I would build a team with speed and defense. Well, every team keeps on going more to that because guys that actually make contact and run the bases, catch the ball, those GMs, they, they pay those guys $3 million a year, you know, when they when they reach their arbitration years. Guys that strike out all the time, can't run the bases, they clog them up and they can't field it all. But, oh, by the way, they hit 38 home runs a year. They pay those guys $12 million a year. And when the World Series is being played, you look at the, the roster of those teams. They got two guys that uh, clog up the bases and hit the ball in the park, and they got seven guys who can catch it and field it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Wall Street Journal yesterday wrote an excellent article about how GMs are making a point. They put eight guys out on the field that actually catch the ball nowadays. And a lot of teams are going towards defense. And they're kind of worried that maybe like the fringe fan, not a guy like me who, who could thoroughly enjoy a two to one ball game. They might be losing some of those guys because some, some people like to go there, drink their beer and just wait to see the fat guy hit the ball over the fence. <laughs> so that, that's also a little bit of the theme is, Last year, runs were down 9.9% as opposed to 2000, Mm -hmm. the year 2000. Can you imagine that, Coach, 10% decrease in runs per game? That is amazing.
1: And it sounds like, from what you're saying, that trend may continue into this year. Yeah, well, without that, you look
0: around, look look at the Cubs. This is the best defensive team the Cubs have put out there since probably the 89 team, Coach. Mm -hmm. Really. I'm not saying it's a good defensive team, but for the Cubs it is. The Cubs have been perennially horrible defensively.
1: Yeah, our, a, our, the Cub outfield has gone from a very bad to all the way up to slightly less the best, slightly worse than average.
0: Well, well Coach coach Fukudome is an above-average right fielder, barely. Marlon Bird is. is a very, very good uh, center fielder. Uh, you know, for the Cubs, and he came over from Texas. So mm-hmm. the size of that center field compared to Wrigley. I mean the guy's gonna he's gonna look pretty good. And supposedly from what I understand is Alfonso Soriano will not be wearing clown shoes this year in left field.
1: <laughs> but that for- still
0: won't help, but I don't think, I actually think he probably played a little bit better when he was wearing the clown shoes out in left field. Don't
1: forget we got Xavier Nady to uh fill in in case the clown shoes come back.
0: Well uh, coach, when there's a defensive replacement late in the game, uh Tavak Holden will yes. be the one. Yeah.
1: Between Nadie and Soriano, the two arms, I still don't know if they can get the ball to third base combined. No, no, Sor- Soriano's got a racket for
0: the arm. The only problem is he has to throw it to the right base and he also has to catch the ball before he throws it. He's got, he's got, his, his throwing arm is all right, coach. It's okay. so okay. It
1: was a lot, it was a lot better when he was a Yankee than when he was a Cubs, similar to his stolen base potential, but I guess it's all right. Uh, all right. Talking to baseball, opening day today again for our beloved Chicago Cubs, Carlos Zambrano. Man, he's been our, Opening day pitcher, Big Dog, it seems like uh, for the last – I don't have the exact stats in this front of me. This will be but. his
0: sixth opening day start for the Chicago Cubs, 05, 06, 07, 08, 09, and 10. That's, 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 that's a lot. And I, I don't know if it's a Cubs record. Fergie Jenkins did start a bunch of uh, a number one games. So it, it's up there, though. So,
1: And Mark Burley going up against Jake Westbrook. Burley gets the start for the White Sox. A little bit of a surprise because uh, – the Sox brought in Jake Peavy, but I think it's a good psychological move. You don't want the new guy coming in and all of a sudden getting anointed number one. Mark Burley has certainly paid his dues, and I think the White Sox fans appreciate that. Uh, a good call, Big Dog, or I guess it doesn't matter much, right, yeah. who the one no, guy no, is, yeah. who the two. That's all overrated anyways.
0: It's no surprise whatsoever. He was supposed to be the number one. I remember a couple weeks ago you were a little peeved. That uh Guillen named Burley the uh, opening day starter. I, I, I don't. I think it was February 28th or something. I don't remember exactly when it was. I was, was
1: I was humored humored first and peeved second that after one day they named their starting pitcher.
0: Yeah, that doesn't bother me because there's there's sometimes you just do that. You really do. And and yeah, Mark but not Burley, after one day. But Mark Burley, I don't know if he wears the C, but he's he's the captain, coach. Yeah, I had no problem. And if anybody can handle the fact that oh you've been named as number one starter, do you think Mark Burley was like oh I better work a little harder now? No, he was going to work his butt off no matter what happened. So mm-hmm. um, they, I had no problem with that, and and he's without question. If you look of the, around baseball, there's a handful of teams that there is a no doubt number one, even though there's a lot of good pitchers on that particular team. Mm-hmm. Like the Yankees have a bunch of good pitchers, but CC Sabathia is the number one starter unless he. He had an ERA of infinity, you know, in the in, in preseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the same thing for well, I don't know, with like the Red Sox. Josh Beckett was going to start the opening day, no matter as long as he was healthy, no matter how good of a spring he had. So some teams, that just happens, coach.
1: Yep. It's like what they say in basketball: don't emphasize too much. Coaches will tell their team, don't worry too much about who's in the starting lineup. You want to know who the coach has the most confidence in. You want to know who our most successful guys are. When there's two minutes left in the game in a tie game, who are the five guys on the the uh, court? And the same thing would apply to baseball. I think uh, the real indication is if it comes down to a one-game playoff or at the end of the season, who are the guys that the manager's putting out there to pitch. So don't overemphasize. I think uh, it's more of a, a psychological honor, if you will, to be the opening day starter. Yeah,
0: it's, you know, it is cool. I mean, it, it absolutely is cool. I mean, like sometimes – there's a battle in camp for it, and you know, and, and that could be cool. And if you lose out, you know, you shouldn't be upset about it. You know, and then other times it gets it gets handed to somebody. Uh, yeah, big, right, don't make too much of it, because every time you have every fifth every fifth day, you're going to get to go out there and pick a ball up and, and try to throw it over a plate. It, it's a pretty good job. I wouldn't be too worried about it if you're the number one starter or the number five starter.
1: Well said, my friend. Nay, hey, real quick, we used to have a segment we did on our uh, radio show called Rapid Fire, and today being one of the busiest sports days i can remember big dog and obviously the two major stories are the um college basketball championship and the opening day of baseball but i got a lot of other topics to shoot at you now in on a 1 hour show we are time limited so i'm going to ask you uh, probably a sentence or two big dog we got to move along quick but there's a lot happening in the world of sports are you ready for me my friend yes yeah. Got your cup of coffee? What are you going with today, tea? Uh,
0: coach, I will start the coffee a little bit like right when I get off. Uh, right when we do the show gets on, I'm gonna tr- drink my coffee. Mm-hmm. I don't want to drink it too early because I have sports to watch until like two thirty in the morning. Tonight, so you so. you
1: do this show at ten o'clock with all the energy and the humor and the brilliance you bring us without any uh, artificial inducements.
0: It's the it's all the the dairy fat that I that I consume, coach. Those <laughs> medium chain triglycerides cannot be stored on your body as fat, so they're nothing but pure energy, brother.
1: Try that one more time in English. (laughs) I eat right. right. All right, very quickly, Donovan McNabb, the Hall of Famer to be down the road, traded from Philadelphia, traded in his own division, McNabb, now a Washington Redskin.
0: Uh, Andy Reid did not want to make the move. Jeff Lurie forced forced him, no matter what anybody says, that is exactly what happened. And, And if anybody complains, that he ended up being, or is making fun of the Redskins, is the fact that he's in Washington. Is because Andy Reid is a good human being and wanted to put Donovan McNabb where he wanted to go. So that's mm-hmm. why he ended up there.
1: Okay, and it's
0: too bad. It's a, that's a joke. He should have retired an Eagle.
1: Well, when he goes in the Hall of Fame, he'll be wearing an Eagle jersey. But you know, it's, pro, it's the
0: Redskins win a Super Bowl,
1: it's modern mm-hmm. day pro sports. Philadelphia's got to move on, break an end quarterback, and let let Donovan finish out his last couple of years with whatever team it might be. You're in a perfect world, you're right. But uh, as we well know, pro sports today, far from a perfect world.
0: They want Kevin Cobb to be their starter? Be careful
1: what you wish for. Kevin who? <laughs> there you go, Coach. Uh, Tiger Woods it off at Augusta today, a little practice round, but significantly it's the first time he's playing with the TV cameras in front of him. Not much interest in my part, but people are talking about it, Big dunk
0: yeah, and this is my way of backing Tiger Woods, coach, because I never liked him until this whole incident and everybody bailed on him. This is my way of backing him. I could care less about his press conference. I can't wait till Thursday when he tees it up. That's all I'm going to say about Tiger Woods. Have fun on Thursday playing golf. Too bad you have to deal with all this. You don't owe me anything. You don't owe anybody in the world anything besides Elon, your mom, and your children. Period.
1: All right. Well put women's final four. Let's move from one champion to another potential championship team. Connecticut gets it done again yesterday. Stanford looked pretty good too. Uh, not tonight, but tomorrow night. The women's national championship UConn against Stanford.
0: Uh, hopefully it's a good game coach, but I really thought the Baylor team was going to be the roughest uh, go for Connecticut. Hopefully it's a good game. The last team to beat Connecticut was Stanford in the semifinal game Mm -hmm. in the 08 championship. So I I doubt I'll be watching it Tuesday. But if it's a close game, I definitely will be watching the end of that particular game. So uh, hopefully it's a close game.
1: I don't know if you were watching yesterday's game. There was a brief moment in time, uh, maybe with about uh, well early in the second half, Baylor when got Baylor got cut the lead to five or six, and one of the few times in the tournament where Gino uh boxer briefs that he was wearing was a lot more brief than they were boxer, things got a little tight for a again a brief moment in time. But they did. It was fun to watch Gino get a little uh, worried on the sidelines.
0: Yeah, we talked about this. There's only been two games with four minutes left that ever got under ten points in this whole streak. Yesterday wasn't one of them. And we've we, we wondered, hey, you know, in a, in a tournament game, if they get wait, close, wait, wait. would say these that, girls say, freak you, out? Coach, they didn't freak out. After what they did was basically shut down Baylor, and Baylor could barely dribble the ball past uh, half court. Mm-hmm. I did watch it when it was kind of close. It was amazing what happened with Connecticut then. Uh,
1: Legit- rewind, re- rewind to a stat. I want to make sure I, I got that stat correctly that you just threw out.
0: In their 78-game
1: so this- winning streak, it will be 78 if they win. They're at 78. Were you talking in the NCAAs or their 78 game streak? In their
0: 78 game streak.
1: Only two
0: of the 78. Only in- two of the 78. And by the way, all of them have been won by more than double digits. All of them have been won by double digits. But only two times in the with under four minutes to play in the game yeah. have they not had a double-digit wow. lead at some point. I
1: mean, that's That's unbelievable.
0: Okay, and it could have been like, oh, they were only up nine with 3.55 to go. And, and every single game has been, I think it's like, it's like 11 points. 11 points yeah. is the closest game almost, had in you, 77.
1: You know, it's one thing to have a 78 game streak when you're that dominant. It's not, uh, doesn't say, doesn't bode well for women's basketball. That's amazing. And again, we're not talking a 15, 18 games, just 78 in only yeah, no, they two have to of them. Win within, to make it 78, coach. They're at no? 77 now. Whatever. Yeah. But only two, two of those games within 10 only- points under four minutes. That's amazing.
0: So it was mean only two games were competitive. Yep.
1: All right. Real quick, moving along. Uh, more Kentucky Derby hopefuls over the weekend. The Wood Memorial Escandaria came home with the victory by nine and a half lanes. came home with the victory. Coach, she left everybody. Nine and a half lengths. That was freaking crazy. Santa Anita, Sydney Candy was the winner, and American Lion won our very own Illinois Derby. More contenders for the Kentucky Derby. Big dog, I know you're excited.
0: Uh, absolutely excited, coach. Seriously, I can't wait. I have not made a wager since the 08 Kentucky Derby. I bet Mm -hmm. on Big Brown. My last time I've ever bet on anything officially. Mm -hmm. And for somebody who bet on every single sporting event, and I'm including midget tossing Mm -hmm. at the Illinois State Fair. I'm including uh, the Bobby Fisher Chess Tournament. I bet on every single game I could possibly get. I actually think that this year I'm actually going to wager on the Kentucky Derby.
1: You're finally coming over to my side. See, hang And around I'm going me. to put down $2, Coach, seriously, but I think I can do it. I want to see if I can start gambling again
0: without worrying about, like, uh, losing homes or wives.
1: <laughs> By the way, we have another horse to keep an eye out for uh, in our very own little stable that we own, uh, the Kamana Wanalea Stable out in Mississippi. Keep an mm-hmm. eye out. She won a big race this uh Earlier this weekend, Go Scratch might be a contender for the Kentucky Derby, Big Dog. Uh,
0: now, is uh, is Go Scratch, was was that horse sired by Itch You Can't Reach?
1: <laughs> by who? Itch You Can't Reach. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about the horse Itch You Can't Reach. Yeah, you know, it? i got to check the heritage of that. I do not know, but I will find out. Again, that's okay. our own stables that we own. Come on, I want to lay you stables down in the Lower Mississippi. I How forgot about women itch- go there? That's a great... I forgot about that horse.
0: David, you back in our reach. day, one of itch- our favorite itch- horses. Itch, you can't
1: reach, coming around the bend. Okay, itch- so. you can- and I think Joel's comment about it's you can't reach, is she ran angry. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, ran- <laughs> she ran with a purpose. Oh, goodness. What else we got in the docket? Oh, uh, Chicago Blackhawks clinched the Central Division. Uh The Mighty Red Wings are down. I know the playoffs are in the future, but... It- Certainly is worth uh, noting. The, the Hawks clinch the Central Division big dog.
0: Yeah, and uh, a, a Comcast reporter who will remain nameless because I swear this might have been one of the stupidest things I've ever heard said, It's banner time at the United <laughs> Center. The Hawks will get to raise a Central Division champion <laughs> banner next year. I'm like, Oh, wow. Yeah. There's six division winners in the NHL nowadays. And what does that get you? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, that, That's batter, what, that was, Winning a division in hockey. That I mean, I mean uh, come on.
1: That'll be hanging up at uh, at uh, Chris Chelios' son's school, Hoffman School in Glenview. That's where the banner will be hanging.
0: Well, if Chelios has anything to do with it, hopefully he won't be drinking around it, because the next thing you know, he'll have Stop it out it. in the backyard and he'll be camping on it. Stop it. it. Very so.
1: quickly, Scottie Pippen, one of our uh, NBA greats and uh, a much nicer Chicago Bull than Michael Jordan, has been elected to the uh, National Basketball Hall of Fame. No tipping Pippen is in the Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah, I said, yeah, obviously he might be nicer than Michael Jordan, but... Not if you were a waiter, okay? Not if you were <laughs> delivering, not if you had to spend 10 bucks on gas to drive down his eight-mile uh, driveway, and then he doesn't mm-hmm. tip you when he, you drop off the pizza. Yeah. So, But I will say this. He is one of the great all-around players. He's the best second fiddle player possibly ever in the history of the NBA. You know, as long as you had the lead, dog, you got Scotty Pippen mm-hmm. right behind you. You're in good shape. And he might be the best defensive small forward of all time, Coach. Honestly. I mean, like it's like him or Stacey Augman, and I I would take him over Stacey Augman.
1: Uh, Big dog, we got to wrap it up. Rapid Fire comes to a close. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10 o'clock. I know you're off. Hopefully we'll see you later in the week. J.D. Thorne, baseball book author, going to be in the studio tomorrow. Thanks for listening, everybody. Opening day baseball. Go get them. And go Butler, go Duke. I'm rooting for both teams. What can you do? TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic. Have a great one.